Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry Bahamas. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Standing on the North Bank. This is a Swansea City podcast from Wales Online. Um, this is Matt Davis and Andrew Gwilym with you uh, to discuss um, the Ipswich game. Um, 3-2 defeat. I hate going into international breaks on the back of a of a loss. And When I saw the stats from the game, I just thought, how have they lost this? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean... Um... Yeah, I think it was what seventy-three percent possession, fifteen shots. You know, completely dominant performance, but undermined by defensive mistakes, unfortunately. And it was such a surprise because Swansea have been so, you know, so solid at the back, haven't they? You know, they've got the second best defensive record in the division, and you know, I think without some of those lapses, on another day. They could quite conceivably have won that game three, four, or five nil. And to be honest, I think if they had got a second goal while one nil up, I think they would have gone on and won quite comfortably. But I think it just goes to show in the championship that you know it's not like the Premier League where there's a clear six or seven teams were way clear of the rest. You know, if you slip up or you you take your eye off the ball. You can be punished, you know. Ipswich, you know that that was their first win of the season. They've had a really difficult start, um, and to Paul Hurst, and you know they, they got a, they got a great result, and it, it just shows that if you allow your levels to drop, or you get a little bit overconfident, which I think you could say, I think Swansea did after that first twenty five minutes. So, so comfortable were they, um, and you know, unfortunately, that sort of slipping off of the intensity just for that sort of few minutes around the half hour mark proved, proved very very costly do you think the international break has come at the right time the previous international break came at the right time yeah with the injury problems, the injury problems. Yeah. do you think this one has come if they'd have won Saturday I'd have said no <laughs> <laughs> because <coughs> they'd been on a good run of form I think you yeah. could see you know you could see that sort of style of play and possession-based game starting to work I think Swansea were getting better game on game and I don't think they played poorly Saturday it's just that they undermined their good moments by some very costly mistakes um, you know never nice as you say to go on into international break on the back of a defeat and you'll stay on that for a couple of weeks now before they go to Villa so oh, it's a difficult one I mean I think really probably not because had you had they won you think, well, you just want to keep on going because you're doing well. And even though they've lost now, it's like, well, you'd rather play straight away and try and get that out of your system yeah, instead of having to stay on it for two weeks. It's difficult, really. I mean, we're sat here talking about the goalkeepers again. Um, uh, Christopher Nortvelt, um chosen to um, take the gloves uh, for this match. Um, do you think the chopping and changing affects the players as a defensive unit? I think there's a case to be made for that. You know, I think it's a difficult one because if you look at the squad as a whole and you look at how Graham Potter has t- 
tweaked and tinkered with things as the season's gone on. You know, some of it enforced, uh, others yeah. through choice. But Swansea, whenever those players have been put in, they've tended to perform. You know, you look at Kyle Norton having to go into midfield, stepped up and did very well. You know, when Ollie McBurney's asked to play in a different role, like with drawn striker, he's played well. Connor Roberts as a right winger. Mark so, Grimes at left back. Mark Grimes at left back, absolutely. So, <clears throat> when you look at the keepers then, you know, and even Nordfeld making that save from Will Grigg at, at Wigan to preserve a point. And I think we said in the last podcast, you know, it, it kind of felt like all those decisions were rolling with Potter up to that point. I kind of think, in you know, hindsight's a wonderful thing, isn't it? You know, so if, if, there, there were errors that were not just Nordfelds made on the weekend. You know, like every, we will, you know, obviously you focus on the, the winner because you look at it again and he gets, a, you know, if he gets... A solid hand to that. That ball's got to be tipped around the post. Yeah. It's not coming at him at any great pace, really. Um, and you, you know, and you inevitably wonder would would Mulder have saved it? You know, you, you can't be sure, obviously. But the form he'd been in, you you might have fancied that Mulder might have got that one around the post rather than into his own net. So um, I, my you know, my personal view, it's difficult because managers have got to do what they think is right. No matter what we might think, no matter what supporters might think, they have to do the job yeah. on their own terms because ultimately <coughs> it's their head on the chopping block uh-huh. down the line. So, you know, Graham Potter is, you know, it's entirely up to him how he chooses to go about it. But I just sort of feel that, you know, Mulder's played so well, five clean sheets in nine games. He must be sat there thinking, well, how have I been dropped essentially because he has been you know you, you can say it's rotation but if you're the player involved yeah. you're thinking well I've been dropped here and you're probably wondering well, what, what have I done you know what have I done wrong why have I been left out and I just think that the one area where Swansea have had real stability in selection has been at centre half apart from Cameron Carter-Vickers playing one game at Stoke it's been Roden and Van der Hoorn. And that understanding between them has grown. You know, I, th- I thought they made mistakes Saturday, but over- overall, yeah, they've been very, very good, very solid. And you just think that the keeper is part of that equation. That's you'd, ben- you'd benefit yeah, from that stability. Uh, and I was surprised he changed. And you know, like I said, you can't say with certainty that Mulder would have saved one or two of those on the weekend. But it does feel very harsh. That he's not in the team, yeah. and I think I think most supporters would agree. If you had to choose one or the other at the moment, you would pick Mulder. And I just kind of feel that you know I understand you, know, you want to try and keep people happy, but at the moment I think Mulder is the guy who's been the better of the two. I don't think there's a huge gulf between them, yeah. but Mulder to me looks the better choice, and I kind of feel that like he should come back in after the international break and probably go back to being. You know the first choice for a run of games. Well, he's the player in form, but this isn't the only time that Potter's done this. With Arthur Play has done well. Uh, did Byers go in at, at Stoke and then was out of the whole match day squad? Um, it's happened to him before. I can't think it was after Stoke. I think he played Byers played Stoke and he played. That's it. He, had, he came off a half time at Middlesbrough. That's right. Um, yeah, play, players have gone from the starting eleven to then yeah. being completely out of the match day squad the next week yeah. without having done. Anything in particular wrong? Yeah, um, I suppose that's the definition of keeping place on their toes. Yeah. I mean, I think the, the difference is if you're an outfield player, you can 
You cannot exp- I wouldn't say you expect rotation, but you can understand you can, it. I think you can understand, given the way Potter's looked at things, and he does tend to take an approach that rather than just picking a side, and you pick the same side if it's doing well. Yeah. I think he prefers to pick almost like a <coughs> horses for courses sort of selection where you're picking a side with a, with a team in mind. I think it's harder to imagine that with a goalkeeper, isn't it? You, know, you, you, you kind of look at a goalkeeper and think, well, your best goalkeeper is your best goalkeeper. Mm. <coughs> I think just one of the interesting things was looking at the stats of the two of them. You know, in terms of traditional parameters of what you'd exp- you know what you'd want your goalkeeper to do, Mulder wins hands down. Like his save percentage is considerably higher. Um, you know the minutes per goal conceded is considerably better than Nordfeldt's. His you know aerial claims and punch it, punch numbers are an awful lot higher, which speaks to the authority he has command in his own area. But when it comes to pass completion, which again is not something that a lot of people would judge a goalkeeper by, but given how Swans you want to play, Nordfeldt clearly comes out of top in terms of his accuracy. So, you know, it, 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 it depends what you're looking for. Um, you know, in terms of the Wigan game, Potter spoke about their high press. So he felt that Nordfeld was the best keeper for that on the basis that he was maybe safer in his passing. Although, I've I got to be honest, I, I do look at Nordfeld sometimes and feel very, very nervous when he's got the ball at his feet. But, I don't think you're the only one, to but, be but the But the stats would belie that. The stats would tell you that his past completion rate is 80%. Or 80, I think, sorry, I think it's about 82%. And that that falls in line broadly with Swansea's general overall figure as yeah. a side. So it, it depends what you want. I mean, you know, if it were my choice, and there's plenty of very good reasons why it wouldn't be my choice, but if it were my choice, you know, I think Mulder is the man that you'd, you'd want to have in there. You know, I just think... Uh, I don't have any issue with rotation at all, but I just think there are some areas in your side where that stability and that consistency of selection is beneficial. And I think your goalkeeper and your centre halves is, is, is definitely a part of that. Yeah, I'd go as far as saying you know what they haven't really had the stability in midfield because Fair has been yeah they've had been a lot of injuries. Yeah. I think you keep Fair should be one of the first names on the team sheet, and then whoever partners him in that. Engine room, whether that be Fulton, Grimes, or Carroll, Carroll yeah. you know. And then obviously McBurney, whenever McBurney plays, yeah. but you know he's going to be, if he's fit, generally he's going to be involved. Yeah, the spine is so is so important for consistency, but I know it'll be interesting to see now um, who starts at, at Villa. Yeah, but I mean, it's created a, it's created a talking point out of an area where there didn't really appear to be any issue. No. You know, um, Mulder was going along quite nicely, so. Yeah, it will be. Um, it will be very interesting to see what happens with that uh, moving forward. Okay, um, uh, let's let's talk about um, uh, Chilina's goal. That, I mean, that started off with a goalkeeper. I was going to say, yeah, we were just talking about Nordford's passing when we and uh, I, well, I think maybe it was people were, uh, <laughs> were shouting for Nurse, weren't they? When uh, <laughs> when he was playing it out. Yeah, I did. See, uh, I did see a few fans saying that it under their blood pressure a great deal of good. I think that probably goes for everyone who watched yeah, it. You know, I, mean, I mean, Leroy Fur in the first place. I mean, the, <laughs> the calm to just, uh, you know, just calm, uh, calmly trap the ball and play it back to the keeper in his own six-yard box. Um, yeah, well, but, 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 but yeah, you know, I mean, some people may say more luck than judgment, but 
in fairness to Swansea, once that ball came to Roberts, the swiftness with which that attack unfolded. And, yeah. You know, look, you know, the, the other risk Potter took was in taking Van der Hoorn off so you could get Barry Mackay on. You know, I kind of got the impression that he felt they needed another attacking body on, maybe wasn't sure they'd find the equaliser as they were going along at the time, yeah. you know, took a risk. And then the moment that I think Roberts found Grimes and they started to get going and beat that initial press... All of a sudden, it just completely opened up. You know, they just overloaded Ipswich. You know, you look at Selena's run into the final <coughs> third, and the number of white shirts up with him, the number of options where no defender could commit to going to him because they couldn't leave the men around them that were streaming forward, and that sort of created the room for him to just beat the man and find the bottom corner. I mean, it was a fantastic goal, yeah. and it, the pity is that you know that would have. That would be a superb winner in yeah. any game, and as it turns out, it, it's actually got Swansea absolutely nothing, which you know just goes back to the shame that they made some you know some rare defensive blunders really, and it sort of undermined the quality of a lot of their play. Yeah. And that goal being a prime example, you know that that's a goal of the season contender, not just for Swansea, I think, but you know in the division and and further afield this season, it's just an outstanding team goal. Some player is he? Uh, you think yeah. if he continues on this trajectory as he as he is, you know, this one's going to be beating people people off come come next summer. Really, I mean, I don't think we've actually seen anywhere near the best of him. I, I think I, I still look at him and I think he isn't always on the way of length of the people around him. He's and in some ways that's quite nice because he's he's quite prepared to take a risk. Well, perhaps the other players aren't on his way. Well, yeah. <laughs> Well, that's what we're looking yeah, at, isn't looking it? At it yeah. You know, he, he will see sometimes. You know, he, he'll play a he'll play a back heel or he'll play a pass to someone, and they're not quite anticipating it. But he gives Swansea something that they have lacked. Yeah. You know that composure on the ball, that bit of class, that bit of guile, bit of artistry. Really, you know, just he just sees things, sees possibilities that a lot of other players don't. And I think you'll find he might be quite frustrating in that. There'll be times when it'll come off, yeah. And there'll be times when it won't, and he might give the ball away in bad areas. But I think as long as he is trying to make things happen, then he's a more than welcome addition. Like you say, I think you know you can see that you can see from his touch and just the way that he plays. There's a little bit of arrogance about him. You know, you, you can tell that someone who spent a few years in Manchester City. It just comes across in how he carries himself as a player. And like I say, I I, I think. I think he can still get considerably better, yeah. which, which I think is that's probably the most tremendously encouraging thing. I mean, he should probably have found the net a couple of times already this season before he did so on the weekend. He was excellent against um, against Leeds. I remember yeah. that game. He was he should have scored there. Obviously, scored there later on, well. yeah. and he had that um, that deft little chip as well. I think didn't he? In, in that yeah, game. just over the bar, wasn't it? Yeah. I think he's a bit of a luxury player, but um, it's nice to have that luxury. Yeah, definitely. Well, I think the interesting thing about him is you can use him in so many different ways. You know, we, we've I think we've spoken quite a bit about the versatility in the yeah. squad and the way it, it's it's created a competition that maybe wasn't there. But you look at Selena, you know, okay, on the face of it, <coughs> he swans his number ten. But if you look at how he's been used, he has occasionally dropped into the deep midfield positions. Yeah, proving himself to be comfortable there. He's played on the left wing. And okay, you can see he's desperate to come central and get involved, but 
again perfectly good outlet on the on the flank as well so he's just he, he's got that much talent yeah that you can use him in several different ways now I still think number 10 is his best position but yeah definitely he does offer that ability to mix things up when you need to Right, forget what you said there about versatility because that's my next. That's my next point. So I'm just going <laughs> to skip over the fact that yeah, you wrote a piece this week about is the Potter's greatest yeah. trick, and very good piece if I don't, if I don't say so myself. Um, his basically the premise was that he's been fooling people into think Potter now was fooling people into thinking that there's been competition within this squad when basically he's just been putting different players that are um, playing yeah. them out of position um, I suppose you know that's uh, as you say in the piece that he deserves immense credit for that and, and the players as well yeah for be, for taking on tasks that perhaps they're not entirely not to say comfortable with but but used to yeah I mean I, I don't think those players would play where they play if you thought they would be uncomfortable or they weren't up to it you know they do an awful lot of work on the training field on different formations, different scenarios. Yeah. You know, even the situation where he bought Van der Horn off at the weekend, you know, speaking to a couple of players after the game and they were saying that that is that is something that is worked on. Yeah. That you know, which is hard to imagine because you can't you, you, you think, well, I mean Swansea played three, two, four, one, I think that formation was by the end. But that's worked on, you know, that's not just something that's thrown out there yeah. without any thought. So but but yeah, the players do deserve credit because if if for example, if you start start Mark Grimes at left back and he has a nightmare, the finger's not going to be pointed at Mark Grimes. The finger gets pointed at at Potter. Why are you playing a midfielder out of position in yeah. a place where he can be exposed? So the fact that the players can step up and do those jobs, you know, reflects well on how they've been coached, but reflects it very well on how their attitude and their application because you know without naming names you know you know we've had a story there was a player last season who was asked to play in a completely different position because of injuries and told Paul Clement in no uncertain terms he wouldn't be doing so although ironically the player did actually end up playing in that position but you know there's been a real team first approach yeah I think when people have been asked to muck in and do jobs that are unfamiliar to them they've done the work and they've and they've played well and and like we're saying that that almost has created the illusion that there's tremendous competition but there's still only really one senior centre forward <laughs> you know there's with Declan John short of fitness there's still only really one specialist left back in the squad but because when people have been asked to do these different things they yeah. perform well they've become options so you know you've gone from having <coughs> two fit senior central midfielders at the start of the season now you could say there's seven players who could play yeah in those deep positions and and others could be accommodated elsewhere and i think that just keeps it doesn't just keep people on their toes it it allows players who don't play one saturday to genuinely believe they can still feed they could you know they could be out yeah. of the match day squad one week they could start the next week and i think that's good for competition that's good for morale and I just think that's a far more positive environment than if you were to look at it in a more sort of linear fashion and say, well, he's first choice here, he's second choice, yeah. and we play this way and we only play this way. I think being open-minded as a coach and the players buying into that has just created just a realm of different options and formations and setups 
And, and to be fair, Swansea have been competitive in every game, no matter what they've played, how they've lined up. You know, you think at Stoke, you look, you know, you get the team sheet an hour before kickoff, and you look at it, and you're going, well, how does that work? Because there's Routledge, James, Dyer, Byers, all in the side. You know, it's four four two, something we hadn't seen that season, and it works really, really well. And for 35 minutes, Swansea by far the better side. So I think it just shows how well drilled. They are, but it also shows how receptive the players are yeah. to the methods. They're willing to take on these new tasks and they're performing well while they're doing it. I suppose as well it's a bit of luck and ju- well, a bit of luck and judgment. And I think it's judgment on Potter's, uh, from, from his point of view, he's obviously looking at particular individuals and thinking they've got the attributes yeah. to do a different job, such as Matt Grimes, who is... A midfielder for all intents and purposes, yeah. but he's done. I think every experiment he's done in terms of whether it be playing Grimes at left back or playing Norton midfield, it's 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 worked, isn't it? Yeah, every single one. I mean, maybe apart from starting Courtney Baker, Richardson, and Millwall, but but look, you look at McBurney. But look at look at McBurney playing as the withdrawn striker against QPR with Baker Richardson up front. Yeah, you know. You look at that on paper and you think, well, I'm not sure about that. Yeah. And then you watch it and you can see the reasoning behind it. McBurney's yeah. so good with the link play, but Baker Richardson happier to play off the shoulder of the last defender, so it means you can stretch play, yeah. you create more room for others to play deeper. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's it, it just shows there's a real tactical acumen there. Definitely. Um, which, you know, look, from a guy who, you know, I think it's quite plain when you listen to him speak that you know we're dealing with someone who's got a very strong intellect and not just a football intellect, you know, but as an intelligence just as a, as a as a man, as a person, yeah, and you know, quite studious. I think it's fair to say, but he's still managing to generate an enthusiasm in the players for these different challenges and tests. And, and if you think about it, in terms of training, well, <coughs> nothing they're doing in training. Is, is a waste, is it? Because, okay, you might work on a formation that you don't expect to use, but the players know that there's every chance this guy's going to use that at yeah. some point. So it keeps everyone alive. I th- and I think it's making a lot of the players more rounded, which, given how young they are, is only good for their development in the long term. You know, different experiences, different skills. Um, you know, like, I mean, should... You know, just to go back to the style, I mean, the one point we should make as well, you know, Graham Potter deserves a lot of praise. But when we're talking about these younger players who've come in <coughs> and the way the style of play has been re-established or restored, however you want to call it, it just shows how good the work done further down in the academy has been. Because for all that the senior side had lost that identity, if you'd ever been to watch the under-23s, the under-19s, 18s, 16s over the last two or three years, yeah. those sides have always played, in inverted commas, the Swansea way. That passing style has always been there. So in trying to restore it, those players st- stepping up, <coughs> excuse me, are comfortable with it yeah. because they've been drilled and honed in that environment and that setup. And I think that's fed in to how well Swansea have started the season compared to what we'd really expected before the commencement of hostilities, if you like. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I rambled on. No, yeah, <laughs> no, right. Checks notes. Um, 
Well, actually, the next point uh, comes on quite nicely. Uh, Dan James, mm. um, his performance against um, Ipswich. Uh, could we see more of him? Do you think? So on the back of that. Well, I was going to say on the on the back of a performance like that, um, you would think that he'd have done himself the power of good. I mean, <coughs> you know, you, you can point out that you know, he's up against Matthew Pennington, you know, who is a centre back by trade rather than a full back, and you know, he's not going to want to know too much about someone of Dan James's pace, but you know you, you can only go up against the opponent you face, and I thought he was Swansea's most dangerous player. I mean, on another day, he's laying on a hat trick of goals for Ollie McBurney, isn't it? Just not quite able to get that final touch on those balls threaded across the six-yard box. And you know, I thought he was sensational. You know, that was um, that's not far off the sort of thing Montero's done to sides. You know, we've seen it come on at Sheffield United, a Millwall, just that pace, and you know. Not almost, not trying to be too clever as a winger. Just saying, I'm quicker than you. If I've got to boot the ball ten yards past you and run round you, then I will. Yeah. You know, I haven't got to beat you with a trick. I'm too quick for you. You can't catch me. And this, and sometimes that's what it boils down to. And I, I thought he was, I thought he was excellent. And you know, look, no one's, you know, Connor Roberts does appear to be the best option on that right flank. They give Kyle Norton a forging a really good understanding, uh, the solid defensively as well as with the ball. You know the the other side I think is still very much up for grabs. You know Montero's injured. I think Mackay, Asoro, people like that they've not really put a stamp on it. Yeah, that's probably the first time, other than when Montero was played, that someone playing on that flank has had that sort of impact on a game. So you know he's been. In and out to the side, he's had little opportunities here and there. I think he's got a got a real chance of seeing much more football <coughs> after the international break. And if he can carry that on, there is a space in that team to be nailed down. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, well, we'll wrap it up there, don't we? Um, are we going to do one next week? It's up to you. <laughs> yeah, I think we will. I think we will. Yeah, we might have on. a bit to talk about next week. Villa, Villa have a new manager, and yeah, we'll have obviously to uh, to, um, Joe Roden. Hopefully, maybe having a a Wales debut at some point over the over the coming days after his call up. You know, richly, richly deserved. Really, yeah. it was very unfortunate not to make the original yeah. squad. So, I mean, that's that's just another feather in in his cap and Swansea's cap. And it'd be great to see him uh, make his uh, make his senior Wales bow either against Spain or the Republic. Fingers crossed you will then. Okay then, right. Um, we shall see you next week. Thanks.